0: What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, November 4th, Friday, crafting a game plan to beat the Chicago Bears. We're talking about the variables at play, some schematic things that I would probably look for here today on Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, guys? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, co founder of thedraftnetwork.com. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. We're a little late out the blocks this morning. Uh, my Chicago Bears film study was interviewed. Uh, my daughter decided uh, 5.30, Good time to wake up this morning. So we, uh, we have ourselves a cup of coffee here. And uh, she went to preschool and we got uh, back into the Chicago study and finished up with notes. And here we are. We're going to talk about the path for the Dolphins uh, to secure a win in week nine. On November 6th at Soldier Field, uh, the 5-3 and three Dolphins with freshly added running back Jeff Wilson and pass rusher Bradley Chubb expected to take the field against the 3-5 and five Chicago Bears. And uh, as I look at the Chicago team, you know, obviously we, we talked with Lauren Cox of Lockdown Bears yesterday for Crossover Thursday, had an excellent discussion and and highly recommend anybody that missed that as kind of the uh, primer for this to go check that out. But as I look at this Bears team and I assess the ways in which they have won football games, uh, their their DNA is is pretty apparent. Uh, They are dead last in the NFL in passing yards. They have 1,015 passing yards as a team this season, 5.3 net yards per attempt. Uh, But they're on pace to rush for over 3,000 yards as a team between the athleticism of Justin Fields, and two running backs in David Montgomery, who's not an efficient runner under 4.0 yards per carry, and Khalil Herbert. Um, They are first in the NFL in attempts. They are first in the NFL in yards. Uh, They are second in the NFL in yards per carry, 5.3. And that's to some degree boosted by Justin Fields' averaging 5.6 on QB runs and not necessarily design runs, although that has been a bigger part of the DNA for Chicago. This is a team who doesn't have a lot of talent on the outside. Uh, Obviously, they they made a move for Chase Claypool at the trade deadline to bring in another pass catcher. Uh, But they run a fair amount of multi-tight end sets, so they're not going to stretch and space the field. So I take that into account. And I'm inclined to think you'll probably see some more of the three linebacker sets that the Dolphins had with Roberts, Riley and Baker on the field. What I like about both Baker and Riley being on the field for these opportunities is the Bears are a team that is going to try to run the ball. So if you can have three linebackers out there that you feel comfortable with playing on the second level, uh, you can live in a world in which you're playing zone coverage. Your eyes are in the backfield. It allows you to see an athletic quarterback when he breaks contain and breaks the pocket as compared to Justin Fields is dangerous when you play man coverage and you turn your back and then he breaks contain and nobody knows it. And that's where he gouges you for big gains. So base defense, zone coverage is is probably a world that we're going to want to live in. I would imagine it's going to be a lot of cover three uh, because you are not overly concerned about... The vertical components of this game, Justin Fields has shown some arm ability to push the ball down the field. But what is a limiting factor here is the wide receivers like Velus Jones and Dante Pettis. They're the guys with speed who get down the field. And the guys with size who get down the field like Nikhil Harry, and we'll include Chase Claypool in that conversation, they really aren't separators. They're not guys that are really going to test you one-on-one. So you want to play cover three and you want to live in a world in which you have that eighth hat in the box to fit the run with how heavy Chicago is. Um, They're a team up front that I think Miami has a decided talent advantage against. And I think what is different and important to note is they score 29 points they scored 62 points the last two weeks against New England and Dallas. Both of those were road games. That's a little surprising. But they rushed for 243, and they rushed for 240. And they rushed for 237 the previous week against the Washington Commanders. You just got to understand the, the the flow of this game. And for Dallas, uh, it was a really likable format because Dallas was up 14-0 at the end of the first quarter, and they were up 28-7. to and that's halfway through the second quarter. Well, lo and behold, Chicago double dips in the final minute of the first half to score 10 consecutive points. And then they score a touchdown to open uh, the second quarter or the second half. You look up, it's 28 to 23. Well, then Dallas scores two touchdowns, including one on defense, and and it's 42-23. And the game is largely and effectively over on its way to a 49-29 final score. That script is important because the previous week. Against New England, the Bears won on Monday Night Football, and they scored 33 points. Well, how did they get 33 points? They turned the Patriots over four times. They were 11 of 18 on third down because they had success running the football. They ran the ball 45 times for 243 yards because it was close. So what Miami can't really afford to do is feed the rushing attack of the Bears by letting them stay in the game. The longer the game stays even, the more that favors how the Bears want to play football. Uh, some observations in watching Chicago on tape. Uh, they're not a particularly strong team in the red zone. Uh, where things do get condensed, you can crowd the line of scrimmage more naturally because there's not as much horizontal stretch in the defense. Uh, 52% of their red zone trips thus far this season end in touchdowns. That's 23rd in the NFL in touchdown conversion rate in the red zone. Um, they are 4 of 10 on 4th down. The Cowboys feasted on 3rd and long opportunities, and I think you'll play, de- you'll play base defense a lot on 1st and 2nd and long against Chicago. But when you're in 3rd and mids and you're in 3rd and longs, I am trusting the talent up front to win their 1-on-1s. And we haven't necessarily seen a lot of that from the Dolphins defensive front, but this is one of those games where I expect that to be the case. I expect regardless of who you line up across from who on Chicago's offensive line, they should be capable of winning one-on-ones. And I think that's the area in which Bradley Chubb can really shine in his debut as a member of the Miami Dolphins. So Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, you guys, Melvin Ingram, Andrew Van Ginkle, like however you want to rotate them in. The expectation is we should create a lot of chaos with the front four. So if you want to do twists and stunt exchanges, just know, play zone behind when you're stunting and exchanging gaps in case somebody gets pinned and Justin Fields decides to take off. If I were the Dolphins and I am I were looking to play matchups, and I don't know necessarily how much of this will get because I, again, would play more zone coverage than man coverage, obviously the best talent receiver is Darnell Mooney. Now Darnell Mooney on the season 25 receptions for 364 yards, that does lead the team. There's nobody else on Chicago's offense that has more than 164 receiving yards. We'll see that the Chase Claypool component is a wild card, but that is a player who wins in contested situations, and I think that that requires a little bit more chemistry and timing than what a week of practice, a less than a week of practice is going to allow the Bears Uh, to get into play now he will help you in blocking on the perimeter in the run game for sure but um this was a team against dallas that played very loose they played with nothing to lose you saw a, a double pass in the backfield you saw inside shovels down in the red zone you saw them in shotgun where they would bump over and all of a sudden they're in a wildcat formation and Justin Fields is lined up at running back and they run zone read out of it. They do a lot of weird little quirky stuff because they're a team that's out there having fun. They're a young team. In some ways, not necessarily from a talent correlation, but where they are in their chapter, they remind me of the 2019 Dolphins. Tough team, plays hard, not an easy out, has some really likable players. They have some areas of the roster that do have talent. But a lot of the procedural stuff, a lot of the self-inflicted wounds, a lot of the refined components, having enough guys winning one on ones—that's an uphill climb for Chicago. So if you put all eleven guys on the field and you're ready to play for sixty minutes, you really like the Dolphins' chances. But this, this again, it's not a team that you can just show up and expect a cakewalk, right? I mean, they scored twenty-two against Minnesota. They lost by seven. They had them on the ropes. Uh, they lost by one score to the New York Giants. They lost by one score to the Washington Commanders. Uh, they lost by. No, they beat the Texans. They beat the 49ers. The 49ers is a weird one. The, 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 the bears had 204 yards of offense. It was a monsoon in Chicago. That's one of those ones. Well, you did that just kind of is what it is, but the, the, the Dolphins dolphins um, are a team that I think presents some challenges that Chicago, that Chicago has not seen offensively. You think about the offenses that they played. Uh, San Francisco, the speed of San Francisco was really mitigated by the weather, climate, and conditions there. And, and San Francisco still statistically dominated the game. Uh, they just turned the ball over more. Uh, Green Bay does not have weapons in the passing game. Houston does not have weapons in the passing game. The Giants do not have weapons in the passing game. The Vikings do, and they pass for 312. Uh, the Cowboys have. A little bit more one-dimensional than what the Dolphins do, and they put up 442. They ran for 200, and that's really what I look at. Uh, This Chicago team has three times this season given up 200 rushing yards in a game, and four times this season they've given up 175 or more. That's half their games. 175 more rushing. I think about the explosiveness. I think about the addition of Jeff Wilson. Is familiar with the system the subtractions of Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn as players who had played throughout this entire sample size that we're talking about. There are some ways to get after him up front. We're going to talk more about the, when the Dolphins have the ball, but defensively, play with four down, rush four, drop seven, play zone coverage, keep your eyes in the backfield, try not to play mismatches, play middle of the field, closed coverage so you get that extra hat in the box. And let's go let the big dogs hunt on the edge. The Chicago offensive line has enough early win opportunities across the games that I watched. The one team that I watched that really struggled to disrupt up front, quite frankly, was New England because of the way the game script went. Because Chicago had advantageous field position. They turned the ball over, for the, the, the Patriots turned them ball over four times. And to be quite frank, out of all the teams that we're talking about, the teams that have the least dynamic players in the front is the New England Patriots these days. You got two dynamic players in Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb. You got explosive players like Andrew Van Ginkle. You got savvy players like Melvin Ingram. I really like the recipe up front to trust your line to win their individual one-on-ones. This episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market. You can now invest in professional athletes just like stocks. It's a lower-risk alternative to sports betting, and athlete prices move based on performance and supply and demand. Download the Prediction Strike app and use code LOCKED for a free share when you sign up and make a first deposit of $20 or more. That's promo code LOCKED for a special one-time giveaway. Prediction Strike will choose one person who signs up with code LOCKED and makes a deposit to win 100 free random shares. I could be able to work the $3,000 if you get lucky and receive Josh Allen shares. Invest in what you know on Prediction Strike the sports stock market. Built bars, a candy bar that tastes like a protein bar. I have been preaching the gospel of Built Bars for quite some time. Absolutely, positively delicious. They're high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. Right now, you can use code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com to save 15% off your next order. That is LOCKEDON15 at Built.com to say 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Offensively for Miami, um, there are some really important statistical measures for Chicago. And again, a lot of this comes down to situational football. It's a first-time head coach. Uh, it's a young team. It's an inexperienced team. They're going to be even more inexperienced. Uh, without Roquan Smith and without Robert Quinn, obviously they played last week without Robert Quinn and gave up 49 points and 442 yards offense and 200 yards rushing and 242 passing. Chicago is next to next to last in the NFL in third down conversion rates. That's because they can't stop the run. 50.5 percent of opposing third downs on the season, 50 and a half percent, are converting. It's 31st. Chicago is giving up on the season five yards per carry as a team. 250 rushes for 12, 48, and 14 touchdowns on the year. I don't expect that the Dolphins are going to come out and pound the rock 40 times, not with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle as part of the game plan and Tua Tonga-Valoa playing at the level that he's currently playing. But... What I will say is this, Chicago's defensive strength is in the secondary. They play a lot of zone coverage. If we're going to take advantage of that, I think early in the game, gouging some runs can be a big piece of the puzzle. I would test them vertical or horizontally. I would run outside zone. I would run the short toss, come back and run the wind back. They're obviously going to have their RPOs that are a piece of that puzzle and and be ready to attack the middle of the field without Roquan Smith in the mix. I think they're more vulnerable in the middle of the field. Dallas really got after him in the seams. They had a touchdown pass to CeeDee Lamb in the seams. Dak Prescott threw an interception on a ball to Eddie Jackson that uh, he left too far into the middle of the field. But if he had condensed the window more on the hash instead of the middle of the field, uh, he had a big post that... that, uh, Bang eight. But with with Chicago playing a lot of zone, I expect they'll play soft. They will respect the vertical speed of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Every team has to. But as a zone-heavy team that likes to play a lot of middle-of-the-field open cover, they're in 4-2 nickel a lot. And that's quarter, quarter, half, a.k.a. cover six. They're in cover two fairly frequently. What that allows you to do I think it's really work again, 10 to 19, which should not be a surprise. Tua Tagovailoa has more completions between 10 to 19 yards downfield uh, than any other quarterback in the NFL this season. He missed two and a half games. Schematically, I think it's more of the same. Now, I think you can get some different routes in there. You run the glance slant, you run the, the Y cross, all you know, these routes that fold across the middle of the field behind the second level defenders. And when you take your play fakes and your RPOs and they suck up, we've seen that void that hits right behind it. But I think you can also get some work going outside a little bit closer to the hashes. Um, You run stop seven routes and a a seven is a corner route. And the stop seven is you run the corner, but instead of continuing to press to the sideline, you gear down in the hole in zone coverage. Right? If you're playing man coverage, you want to run routes that are running away from defenders behind you in your, your hip pocket. If you're playing zone, you want to run routes that allow you to come back down towards the line of scrimmage, uh, that sit down in soft spots in zone and in voids. And I think that's really important for us to recognize against what we anticipate is going to be very zone-heavy effort with a lot of soft coverage up over top and the middle of the field open, which means light box counts, a.k.a. five yards per rush, Um, but take advantage of the speed that you have and the respect that you're going to prompt them to give you by running those intermediates towards the numbers as well, you know, because I, I do think they Chicago, especially against Dallas, I thought they funneled reasonably well, um, the middle of the field. Now that was also with Roquan Smith. So I think they'll probably probe that early on. And then my opening script would have a couple throws that break into the middle of the field and see who's in that spot. Is it AJ Klein? Is it Jack Sanborn, who's a UDFA? Is it Sterling Weatherford, who's a UDFA? Like, they got a lot of undrafted rookies out there. Who's that guy, and is he up for it? Uh, Is he up for the timing and the anticipation that the Dolphins passing game really accentuates? And I think that is a divide between what Dallas does with Dak Prescott, too, is a more anticipation thrower than Dak. I thought Dak was late on a couple of throws up the seam and up the middle of the field. Dak has things that he does better than Tua, but anticipation is not one of the ones that I would look at and point to and and give the nod to Dak Prescott for. So I would be looking to run a lot of comebacks. You know, there's also these option routes that Miami runs and and Tua hit Tyreek on the face mask with one against Detroit where you're effectively running a go. And then you get to a certain depth on your route stem, and you're gauging the depth of the defenders to say, can I get over top of them or not? And if I can, I'm going to convert that go route into a comeback. And that, with Tyree Hill and Jalen Waddle running it, is a very, very uh, effective route because you are all gas coming out of the blocks at the line of scrimmage. You, you are not selling going vertical. You are going vertical until you read it in real time during the play and say, Hey, he's plus six yards on me. I'm not going to get over top. So I might as well sit down and lo and behold, that's how these guys get a bunch of five plus yard separation when they're targeted with the ball, because the quarterback and the wide receiver are seeing the same thing and making a judgment call on the route adjustment during the snap. So uh, I would take advantage of that. I, this, this offense in general does run a lot of sight adjusts. Um, I would also run a lot of boots. Uh, I would do a lot of what I did against Detroit because, you know, Detroit has Aiden Hutchinson and they had a second round pick um, out of Kentucky, Josh Pascal, his guys playing on the edge. Uh, Charles Harris didn't play in the game, but then you think about what the bears have on the edge and they got al Mohammed. They got a fifth-round rookie in Dominique Robinson. They got Travis Gibson. You're going to have, and one of the challenges that the Dolphins offense presents is how many layers of crossing over you have. If you are a defender and you're keying, a lot of times you're coached to read and key how many players, like what player is crossing the face of the quarterback because it changes the math. Well, What happens when the guard pulls around and there's jet motion going the other way at the snap. And then the running back crosses the quarterback's face in the mesh point for either an RPO or a play fake. And you have three players, potentially four, if you're running like a counter with the, the, the H-back or multiple pullers coming across the face of the quarterback and they're run, they're, they're emulating a counter look. For a young team in the front especially without Roquan Smith, your single caller, I'm throwing eye candy out the wazoo. And the Dolphins offense in general does a lot of these things organically. And that's why you like the matchup. You just need to be mindful. There are some playmakers on the team. Eddie Jackson has four interceptions this year. Jaquan Briskers, a rookie. Uh, he moves around quite a bit. He can play low down in the hole. He's got three sacks this year. Um, not necessarily a Super Bowl skillsy type of player. Uh, but then you also have Kyler Gordon, who's a rookie who started every game. You've got Jalen Johnson at the other corner, Kendall Vildor. I mean, th- these are players who are respectable NFL corners. Now, I think if you look at the parallels between the Detroit matchup last week and the Chicago matchup this week, I think Detroit has better talent on the edge than what Chicago does. So provided you you have all your horses playing up on, on the offensive line, you like the matchup similarly. But I even think that without an Aiden Hutchinson, I think this group has a harder time than what Detroit did. And you're removing Roquan Smith, who would have been the big dividing factor, and you're moving Robert Quinn, who would have been the big dividing factor in talent. And it's another zone-heavy system Detroit played a lot of Tampa, too. They played a lot of zone coverage, and you saw how wide open the middle of the field was in that matchup. I think there's a lot of parallels, a lot of paths for success for the Dolphins when it is all said and done to get a lot of chunk yards in the offensive effort. These days, every new hire feels like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have the access that you need to the best qualified candidates. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster. And for free, you can add the hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring on the network. And with simple tools like screening questions, it is easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So as we, we wrap things up here, I really dug through this game. I really dug through this Bears team. The Bears are a team that the, the games in which they have had success in and the games in which they've won were the games in which they were more opportunistic than the team that they played. Situational football is not a strength of the Chicago Bears. It is not. They beat the Texans twenty-three to twenty on a thirty-yard field goal on the final play of possession, uh, final play of regulation. Chicago was eight of seventeen with for one hundred six yards and two interceptions, but they were better on third down. Houston turned the ball over twice, and that was the recipe to win the game. The slot fest in week one with San Francisco. Bad loss for San Francisco, but it was at Chicago. It rained. It was wet. Sloppy game. Chicago rushed 37 times for 99 yards and was 8-17 for 121 yards. But they won the turnover battle. San Francisco was penalized 12 times for 99 yards. And the Bears won the football game. Well, they put the game on ice. San Francisco, San Francisco was up ten nothing with five minutes left in the third quarter. Chicago ran off eighteen or nineteen consecutive points. I've already mentioned the four turnovers that the Bears logged against the Patriots. Obviously, some musical chairs at the quarterback position. And you know, in that game, halfway through the second quarter, the Patriots were up 14-10 and twenty three consecutive points scored by the Chicago Bears. But that included 23-yard field goal, 38-yard field goal, 50-yard field goal. As I look at the game, you have to clean up the penalties that hurt you two of the last three weeks, Minnesota and against Detroit. The penalties can't happen. It cannot happen. But you also make sure you protect the football. Well, the Dolphins have turned the ball over twice in the last, or once in the last two games. After the three games without Tua Valoa, they turned the ball over seven times. If you protect the football and you don't shoot yourself in the foot, you should win this game by multiple scores. But you have to stay head on a swivel because Chicago is a team that is playing as though they have nothing to lose because they don't. The Dolphins are the team with the pressure and the expectation. Now, pressure creates diamonds. Adversity creates warriors. We'll find out if the Dolphins are ready for this team. But, you know, the Dolphins trending in the right direction in a lot of key statistical areas. 137 rushing yards against the Jets, 111 rushing yards against Steelers, 107 rushing yards against the Lions. The first four games of the season was 65, 86, 41, and 85. There's life on the ground. You're going to need that in this game. The last five games rushing for the Dolphins' defense, 67, 135 against the Jets. Well, yeah, that game script got away from me in a hurry in the second half and throughout the entirety of the fourth quarter. 78 against Minnesota, and that included a 50-plus yard touchdown run that, that unfortunately put the game on ice in the final five minutes. 95 against the Steelers, and 82 against the Lions. You have the opportunity to attack the strength of Chicago with your own strength, as Lauren Cox said yesterday on the Crossover Thursday episode. It's strength on strength and weakness on weakness. From a talent perspective, you would expect the Dolphins to have a significant advantage. So what you have to do is understand with an athletic quarterback, they're going to get theirs offensively. They're going to have some chunk gains. They're going to have some frustrating drives. This is a team that does not do well in the red zone. Let the field condense. Allow them to make mistakes. Football is a game of attrition. Hold the course, don't panic, and allow them to make mistakes because that is historically what they have done all season long. So if you don't accelerate their opportunities, you should be able to wear them down throughout the course of 60 minutes. And that is what I expect that the Dolphins will do. Looking for a two-score win here for the Dolphins in Chicago to bring their record to 6-3. and This would be just the second time since 2002. Was it 2002 or 2001 that the Dolphins would be six and three if they secure the win against the Bears? So 2002, the Dolphins were six and four. They were five and four. So it would this would be the second time since 2001 that the Dolphins would be six and three. That's a great opportunity. That statistically speaking positions you very well. When you have a home game against Cleveland, by week Houston Texans, we can do that math after you take care of business against Chicago. So the Dolphins, the front office sent you a message. We're here for keeps. We're playing for keeps. Don't allow yourselves to have a letdown. Be ready to play for 60 minutes. Expect them to play with nothing to lose. Expect them to play spirited football. Take their soul early. Do what you did not do against Detroit. And really dictate this game and allow them to either voluntarily run the ball when they're down multiple scores and run the clock out or get them out of their style of play and then you can really feast on the defensive side of the ball. That's the path. See how the Dolphins do. I'll talk with you guys on Sunday night. Kyle Krabs, keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins, your team every day. Fins up. Enjoy the weekend.